your eyes to the skies. It's time for Space Out on 95 PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Doubling up on the dramatic music there. Josh from the Stardome, how are you? Kia ora, kia ora. Good, how are you? It, we're good. It, it is a dramatic thing, space, isn't it, really? Fair to say. <laughs> Always dramatic, yeah. I uh, watched a space movie on the weekend about a bunch of kids who had to be like the second generation or the first generation to get to like Mars or whatever. Mm. And they all found out that they basically weren't going to make it. And like they were being taking all the stuff to suppress them. They stopped taking the stuff and started doing crazy shit that teenagers <laughs> do, but on a spaceship. Mm. But one thing that put, like bummed me out a bit is when one of them went out into the void. He didn't like rip apart. Isn't that what happens when you when you go into space, Josh? Don't, doesn't your body just completely like come apart? Um, or a space oh, fake? Really. Just tell us what's going on, mate. Oh yeah, it's totally fake. I'm just getting paid to undo this. No, you. I mean, you'll die, but um, yeah, it wouldn't be very. Do you just freeze over, or do you like come apart, or how does it work? Oh, kind of some weird things happen. One of the things would happen was um. All of the like liquid in your body, so like your blood and like water in your eyes, would start instantly boiling because um, lack of air pressure, basically. So yeah, you'd boil but also freeze at the same time. So oh, it sounds like an implosion. Yeah, not not pleasant. No. Okay. Yeah, no, it didn't look super pleasant for the kid. I just kind of I wanted a bit more mess. You know? <laughs> yeah, more more drama. Yeah. Now, uh, Josh from Stardom, NASA has announced two new Venus missions, the first in 30 years. I thought we would have been back to Venus um, oh, in recent days, yeah. but obviously not. Venus getting all lonely. It's a bit bloody overdue, to be honest. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so basically I always say that Mars is like the favourite child of the solar system, where, mm. you know, we send out dozens and dozens of missions there, whereas Venus being, you know, our closest neighbour is kind of been neglected for, like, 30, 20, 30 years, so it's really exciting that they've finally announced not just one, but actually two specific missions um, to Venus. Is that because it's more inhospitable? You know, it's just a bit gruntier? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've known for a long time that Venus is like, it's, it's, I call it the hell of the solar system. It's a <laughs> really horrible place. It's super hot. Pressures are crushing. Um, and, you know, the clouds are made of sulfuric acid. It's just not really a nice place. <laughs> but um, I mean, but I, is I anywhere? To, yeah. You know, like it's all pretty fucked out there, isn't it? You know. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, some planets are worse than others. I think your death on Venus would be a lot uh, worse than your death on Mars. Right, but is it a case uh, of like the ship kind of that gets close to it can't handle it either, or do they have to like specially design the the whatever they're, they're planning on sending out there, like put an extra bit of three M um, Scotch Bright paint on the outside or something? Oh, you you need to hit the Bunnings and get the whole stock of. <laughs> Tape to get down to Venus. <laughs> it's a horrible place. Yeah. yeah, sounds lovely. Well, what do we hope to find by going to Venus? Yep, it's still shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I personally would not want to go, but um, yeah. I mean, it's. I guess it's just more to update our understanding of the planets. I mean, NASA's not had a spacecraft at Venus for thirty years, so mm. a lot of our, you know, our not just knowledge, but even like our maps of the planet are 30 years old. Right. Um, so to kind of, yeah, send new missions to, A, one of them will be mapping the planet, um, and the other one's actually going to be plunging through the clouds. So it'll basically map from cloud tops all the way down to surface. Um, and that's going to give us like a really good understanding of kind of how the planet works and kind of just kind of refresh and update our knowledge, which is, you know, 30 years old. So technology now is a lot better. Mm, we'll be able to put um, it all on Google Maps. Right. 
Well, yeah. You know what, though? They actually have, um, if you go on Google Maps, they have Google Maps of Venus, which oh, I thought was crazy. I didn't know right. that until a couple of weeks ago. Actually, one of my first VR experiences was um, just jumping into the thing and you're kind of in space and you can sort of mm. like go to other planets low-key and, and just fly through space. And that oh, was really so exciting. Cool. So, yeah. It's a true story. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Josh, just going back to um, Venus for a second. Now, is it true that they they believe that Venus once upon a time had Earth-like conditions? Yeah, so we, we, we think that Venus was kind of way more like our twin billions of years ago. So it kind of went south and turned out to be this horrible place because Venus we, we call our twin. It's about the same size. Um, and we believe it had water at one point, but now we know Venus, Venus is a horrible place. So it's kind of, if you think, like... It's getting bagged a lot, Venus, but... <laughs> What's that? Sorry, what did you say? It's kind of like what? Um, like, just a horrible place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't come out to the planet, but it's... um, <laughs> I think it's like the opposite of, if you imagine Mars being, like, too cold, the atmosphere's too thin, mm. Venus is too hot and the atmosphere's too thick, whereas Earth is kind of just in the middle. Mm. So, yeah, you get kind of two understandings of, you know, too much atmosphere, too little atmosphere. Okay. Do they know how Venus got to this point of being um, so grunty? Yeah, not, not really. I mean, that's, again, why we need to send these missions, just because we, we haven't really had anything specific for years and years, so... It is, yeah, again, one of those keys that um, hopefully we can find that out and it just helps us, you know, understand not just the formation of Venus, but that kind of also helps us put in, you know, put those puzzle pieces together of why, you know, why Earth is really the, the haven for life, you know. Mm. Now, everyone's favourite helicopter, uh, Ingenuity, which is up there on Mars flying about, has had a bit of a glitch. Did yeah, it um, it's during its sixth flight. It was, it was doing another scouting mission to kind of fly out and see where the rover could drive. Um, they don't, they're not really sure exactly what happened. They're still getting that data back and hopefully remedying it. But it basically just started like swinging backwards and forwards, and you can actually see it in the videos um, on NASA's website. Um, but luckily, it, it landed safely, so it's it's actually totally fine. Can I actually just say my favourite helicopter is the Westpac helicopter, but. Uh... <laughs> Just not when it's over your house at one in the morning. True, right? It does, no, it's not that one. They don't like rent it out to the cops, do they? There's always someone <laughs> oh, yeah. in the Kaimanawas that's like falling down a crevasse. <laughs> Where are we going now? Should we have a look at this uh, NASA Juno spacecraft made by Flyby? What? Yeah, so um, that's another NASA mission. It's basically a spacecraft out at Jupiter. Um, it's been there for about, I think, five years now. Um, but it just made a flyby. It was actually today. We don't have any photos just yet. It's still being sent back to Earth. But um, it did a flyby of Ganymede, which is Jupiter's largest moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's kind of cool. Like Venus, we haven't been to Ganymede at least closely for about 20 years. Ganymede. Um, so we're going to be getting like yeah, new photos and videos from this really fascinating moon, which will be yeah, really exciting. Hmm. After the we're talking of this lunar eclipse that just gone down. Dot dot dot. Did you guys stay up and watch that? A solar ring of fire. I did watch it, but it it didn't um, didn't quite have the impact that I was after. I thought it looked really cool at the start when it was sort of when the shadow was creeping over it, Mm. kind of like a strange black cloud. I I was looking at it, and I actually kind of did think a lot of people probably might not be as impressed by this, Um, because I had a telescope I was looking at at the time, so that looked cool. But yeah, it didn't didn't look as cool as I remembered just with the naked eye. Or with my iPhone 5, by the way. What's this, yeah. ring, of, what's this ring of fire that, that's going to happen? 
So it's um, basically, it's just a solar eclipse. So, you know, this time the moon is going in front of the sun. Um, but the reason we call it a ring of fire is um, instead of actually fully blocking out the sun, the moon, when it does this, will be quite far from the Earth at one of its furthest points. Mm -hmm. So it's not big enough to completely block out the disk of the sun. Oh, but so we get instead the... of blocking it out, it'll leave like this literal ring of light around the moon. Is that, the, cor the, is that the coronas, would you say? Yeah, kind of. It's it's not as visible though, just because you know when you can see any part of the sun, it's extremely bright. So mm. it often will like over you know kind of wash out the corona. Right. Are you are we allowed to say corona again? About you know, like, I feel like we need to get that <laughs> word back up and running. Eh? Like, yeah, you know, after okay. the last year and a half, honestly. It's a. It feels like a solar ring of fire would almost be more impressive to look at. Oh yeah, I mean I would love to see one, but it's kind of unfortunate that this one's like. It's crossing like Siberia and the and the Arctic, so very few people will actually probably be witnessing it. Unfortunately. Damn it! Damn it! Now, was there anything else uh, that you would like to cover off this afternoon on Space Out? What's coming up in the near future at the Stardom? Space Out. Um, well, we have we've got Matariki, which we're over in June now, so we're heading into Matariki season. Um, so we, we've just, at the end of this month, from the, I think it's the 24th of June up until 1st of August, um, we'll be running our show, which is Nafitu or Matariki. Um, and that's basically just like a yeah, real good introduction to Matariki, Maramataka, the lunar calendar, and just a lot of Māori astronomy. Cool. Um, and yeah, last year we did it, it was pretty much sold out every single night. And so if anyone, you know, missed out, it's a great time to learn about Matariki, especially because um, next year it's public holiday. Mm. Yeah, right. Very topical. Uh, are, you, are tickets available for this at present? Yep, we just put them up on the weekend, so they're bookable now. Yeah. Okay. Nice one. Nice. Brilliant. All right, Josh, uh, shout-outs to the Stardome, and uh, we'll catch sure. up with you in uh, a fortnight. Hopefully um, next time we talk about alien reporters out, I'm still It's not an that. alien report. God damn it. <laughs> I, I expect more from you, Josh. Sorry, UFO report. Sorry, UFO report. Technically UAP, but I'll let that slide. And it's, uh, it's, I think the 25th of June, we're going to have another. We've actually had a, a big long chat with somebody, and we're going to get uh, Darren Harkness back for another big chat uh, before then because there's so much to talk about, mate. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting time. Oh, good. Shaka, I can't wait to hear it. Right on, right on. Hey, kakite, bro. Take it easy out there. All right. You too. Kakite. We are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.